You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Bear and Balance. I'm Jeff Burkus, a writer for Windy City Gridiron, and I'm joined by the editor of that fine website, Lester A. Wiltfong Jr. Lester, the 2023 NFL draft is in the books. Ryan Poles has made his selections. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I mean, it's uh, I haven't had a chance to talk to you in a while. We haven't done a show here since uh, I think we did a free agency preview, but so that's it's been a while. So it's good to get back on the mic and kind of talk with you a little bit here and then. Yeah, we got the NFL draft here to talk about, and the Bears, did they hit a home run? I mean, the the national pundits, you know, they, they seem to like what the Bears did. I know fans are pretty excited, so it, it's a good time to be a Bears fan now because we have a lot of hope with a lot of, uh, a, a lot of prospects in this 10-man class. Yeah, so I think we have to at least start off by putting in perspective that the Bears draft started by making the trade out yes. of the number one overall pick down to number nine with the Carolina Panthers, who ended up taking a very diminutive quarterback uh, with their first selection. So good luck to them. Uh, I, I stood right next to him. He's not the biggest guy in the world. I don't know how he's going to hold up, but good luck to them. Um, and they traded down to nine. They got DJ Moore in the process and some picks into the future. We'll talk about that a little bit. And then, the, the the Bears, when it got to pick nine, there was a couple guys on the board, one of which was Jalen Carter. We talked a lot about Jalen Carter throughout this draft process. It kind of came down to we were hearing, like, see on the board, Bull's going to make that pick. He's yep. going to pull the trigger. He's going to be a Chicago Bear. Get ready for it. And he's on the board, and he did get drafted ninth, but not by the Bears. Moves down to the number 10 overall spot, just so just moving down one spot, pick up a fourth rounder. Uh, in uh, next year's draft from the Philadelphia Eagles. So the Eagles take Carter, which honestly is a fantastic place for him to land. Probably the best possible scenario for him in terms of veteran leadership around him. The fact that they don't have to get a ton of snaps out of him right away um, because they have good infrastructure there. Um, and the Bears take their guy, Darnell Wright, at 10 overall. So what was your first reaction, Lester, to the trade down? And what was your reaction to Darnell Wright as an offensive tackle for the Chicago Bears? When the trade first happened, I was a little annoyed at, at, at the trade itself. You know, I'm like, what's happening here? I didn't quite understand it at the time. Again, in the moment of the draft, we're all fans. Oh, my God, what's happening? Eagles, of course, wanted Carter. That was the big buzz, you know, leading up to the draft that they, there was no way that Jalen Carter would get past the Eagles. And the Eagles made sure of that by trading up to the Bears. So initially, I'm like, oh, my God, what's going on? But then when they got Darnell Wright, who was the guy that I wanted to get all along, I thought he was going to be there picking a trade back. Somehow, some way, I just figured that'd be the guy. Right tackle, perfect, you know, a perfect fit. The Bears need a right tackle. Boom, Darnell Wright's the best right tackle in the draft. A lot of national analysts said he's the best tackle in the draft. So they're getting an outstanding pass blocker. His run blocking is inconsistent, I guess, the best way to put it. But 
when his when he's on in the run game, he's a mauler. The problem is technique thing. Again, he's a he's a college athlete. He'll clean it up in the pros. You know, uh, the Bears will work on that. But I'm excited. I, I like Darnell Wright as a player. You know, I think it's a good move for the Bears. I think the, the trade back itself. I think it's fair to say that Ryan Poles fleeced Howie Roseman. He had no intention on drafting Jalen Carter, and he made that clear. It was a, a personality thing. It was a, a character thing. I think Jalen Carter is in a perfect spot in Philly, and he will be an outstanding football player. He's got a good support system there. Just wasn't going to be a fit in Chicago, and, and Ryan Poles kind of made that known leading up to the whole the whole process. So he, but the fact that he got a fourth-round pick basically for nothing, just for a bluff saying, hey, man, if you don't come up and get, get Carter – we're going to trade back and let someone else come get Carter. No one polls had no intention of doing that. You got a fourth round pick out of it. Wright and Carter will always be talked about together. I think it's unfair, but that's just how it is with, with the NFL draft and with fans and analysts. Yeah. It's a good point about the trade down because it's only one. So how, why do you do that? And if you're Howie Roseman, you know, well, I'll call their bluff. They're not going to do that or they're not going to trade out. But for Ryan Poles, like he wanted a little bit more. You could tell that he wanted a little bit more out of that pick. But if he goes back too far, he might lose out on all of these tackle prospects, right? Like maybe he liked Paris Johnson and Darnell Wright, but maybe he didn't like Broderick Jones, the third tackle that people talk about, right? So maybe he thought if I go back too far and I know, say, the Steelers want to come up and take a tackle, then I might be boxed out of my own pick. And if I get out of this first round by getting too cute and drop off uh, too, too far down and don't get a tackle, then, you know, all of this was for not, I have to get out of this first round with the tackle. Cause I, maybe I don't like what I see later on in the draft. So I, I think that it, I, I don't know what the other conversations were. Or if there was another trade package on, you know, we heard that Steelers wanted to come up. They were motivated to, to trade up to, to be able to land the tackles that they ended up doing that for. So was that on the table? And Paul said, you know what? I'd rather have just a, just a morsel, you know, just an after dinner mint fourth round pick yeah. next year that I can put in my pocket and I can, I can cash that in later, but I still get my guy. And I know I get my guy because I know how he's coming up for Jalen Carter. So I think it was well done um, because I think that Darnell Wright was the, the obvious best pick, particularly with who, was on the board and who was off the board at that point. I don't know if I have a big preference between Paris Johnson and, and Darnell Wright, just because Paris Johnson might give you some of that flexibility to move him to the left. Darnell Wright, absolutely, there's no question what he's going to do. He's going to come in and he's going to be your starter at right tackle. Big guy, six five, which you know for for a tackle that's just kind of average, but playing at like 330, 335, maybe even higher last year, um, but really incredible athlete. Uh, a very fast 40 yard dash for, for a man that size, wow. like, you know, basically five, five seconds flat, um, you know, and his splits were really, really good too. So he's an incredible athlete, uh, pass pro the best. Everybody's just like, this guy's just a stud and you think he's this huge guy. So he's going to be this road grader. He's not, he's, he's that dancing bear that people talk about. So in, in a very interesting uh, 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 you know, chain of events here. The Bears have a right tackle who projects as being an incredible pass blocker and maybe a guy who needs to work a little bit of run blocking and a left tackle who is actually an incredible run blocker, but probably needs to work a little bit on its pass blocking at Braxton Jones. That's, that's your bookends. That's the guys that you're going to roll out here this year. Um, and that's kind of flip from 
what a lot of old people school, would say yeah, is yeah. standard. Yeah, the old school thing. But I think that we are entering uh, the the level of conversation that we need to have that right tackles and left tackles are both incredibly important. And there's no real difference between why they're so important. Quarterbacks don't just stand in the pocket and look to the right side of the field uh, and not look to their left, right? So, you know, the blind side can change depending on where the, where the quarterback's field of vision is at at any given time. They're both incredibly important. They both have to protect the edge. It's just a matter of how you're going to give them help. Um, and so I think that those traditional thoughts are, are should be going by the wayside, but this guy does project here clearly on the right side. You know, I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, top defenses, they, they used to always rush their best guy against the quarterback's blind side, which is over the left tackle for the most part. But that's just changed. I mean, the Bosa's, you know, Von Miller, Khalil Mack, all the top edge rushers in the NFL go against the right tackle because that's the perception is he's the lesser of a pass blocker. But think of it from a quarterback's perspective. You know, if you drop back to pass and you're going to throw, and there's pressure from your blind side. Let's say, let's say the quarterback doesn't see it. He doesn't sense it, but he still gets the pass off. Now, let's say there's a, a, a rush coming from his in his field of vision. That's going to spook him more than the thing he has no idea going on behind him. So you need to have quality right tackle protecting it. That's why the, the, the stuff up the middle is so important. That's why some teams value that up the middle pressure because you want to spook the quarterback as quickly as possible. What's the best way to do it? Pressure up the gut. Pressure off the right edge will spook him as well because that's in his field of vision. Plus, with Justin Fields, you know, he's a scrambling quarterback. He's going to roll out quite a bit. It's natural to roll out to the right side. You got a, a, a nimble right tackle there. I think this is, like I said, it's a win-win for the Bears. This is exactly what they needed. I like Braxton Jones' upside. Like you said, he's got to work on his pass blocking. He's got to work on his anchor. That's the bull rush, you know, killed them all last year. He's doing it. He's in the lab this whole offseason. He's working on that kind of stuff. I'm excited to see Braxton Jones in year two. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, really also starting to get a sense of what this offensive line is going to look like. Yep. They did not draft a center, so that talk about Lucas Patrick and Cody Whitehair being the combination moving forward um, at center looks like that's going to happen, folks, right? You have uh, Nate Davis, who's going to man the right guard line. We've got, we got some confirmation that that is the plan. We heard yeah. some people kind of saying the other way, which – uh, did never made sense to me. So, so Nate Davis kind of comes in as the right, and Tevin Jenkins is going to learn uh, left guard. So Jenkins has been all over the line, uh, basically everywhere but center. But that that's the that's likely your your best five is going to come yes. from from that group there. So that's uh, that's interesting. We're starting to get a little bit of uh, of clarity there, and I think that you can imagine that that is going to be a much improved situation from last year, particularly if Cody can keep himself healthy. I think that'll be important. Yeah, that's key. He's got to stay healthy, obviously. You know, he he was having a pretty nice season last year. Then he hurt his knee, and it seemed like the Bears may have rushed him back a bit because when he came back, he was just uh, – his his first half, second half splits, awful. He just wasn't very good in the second half. And, again, we, we kind of talked about that a little bit, you know, a couple years ago, how there might have been an injury because he just didn't look like the same Cody White here. We're not talking about a over-the-hill guy. He's, I think, 30 this year. So, you know, he's, he's kind of right there at that point where it's, you know, it could be tipping the other way, but he's an interior lineman. Those guys can play in, in, into their 30s. So I think Cody Whitehair, I think he's your center. Lucas Patrick's going to be here as, as your top interior reserve. So just that starting five, if they all kind of max out their potential, this is, this is on paper, has the chance to be a, a pretty decent unit, which hasn't happened in Chicago in a while. 
Yeah, you look at a guy like Roberto Garza, you know, famously played guard for a long time. And yep. then when Olin Krutz left, you know, he slid into center and played that uh, pivot for a few years before um, before he retired. So, you know, there, there's a way for a guard to kind of continue his career. Whitehair played center earlier. So, again, I always thought he was a natural guard, but you can kind of, okay, maybe guard's not going to work for him anymore. He's been sapped a little bit with the athleticism, put him at center. Um, and then you get that you get the brain, right? Like yep. he, he does, he does a good job with the line calls. So you don't have to worry about that uh, with a, with a new offensive line coming together. He can be that, that leadership piece as well. So I think it can work. I'll, I believe in the plan. Um, let's do double dip into Trent's nice. tribute and a double dip at the defensive tackle position in this draft for Ryan Poles. Uh, he goes with Gervon Dexter senior from Florida. Is it Gervon or Gervon? Oh, I've let's heard it pronounce let's, several different ways. Jervon, I think, is probably right. That 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 makes more sense. Um, and then Zach with two C's, two C's yeah. Pickens from South Carolina at pick sixty-four. So a couple of big guys to try to take care of this run defense, if nothing else, and hopefully get some interior pass rush with those interior defensive tackle positions. What do you think of these two guys? The knock on Dexter obviously coming out was was a slow get off. Every scouting report about Dexter was slow get off, slow get off. You know, and then of course Ryan Poles addressed that right away at the post uh, the post day two presser. He talks about how that was the scheme the Florida Gators asked him to play. It was a more read and react, but I think he called it a, a mirror scheme. Uh, every every coach calls things different. When I was in high school, we had a when I played D line, we had something called it was called the, the lock on technique. And it was basically the same thing. We, we weren't supposed to penetrate. We had to stand there, lock on to our guy in front of us, control both gaps. That was just, a, I, I hated it. It was just stupid to me. But but that's what Dexter says. It's a pull set he had. You know, you look at his tape from earlier in his Florida career. It was a little more uh, able to attack the gap stuff. But so we'll see. He has the athleticism, obviously, to be a, a much, much better player, to have a much better get off. He has a 10-yard split really high. You know, he, he's a, a big, strong athlete. So, We'll see how that goes. And then with Pickens, I didn't know much about Pickens during the pre, pre-draft process until Taylor Dahl interviewed the, uh, the the South Carolina Gamecock beat reporter. Um, his name escapes me, but you know he talked highly of Zach Pickens, how he was thinking about coming out a, a, a year ago. He decided to stay in one more year, work on his pass rush moves, and and he did that. And he, he became better against uh, the pass. He was always good against the run. Worked on his pass rush. Uh, that helped there. So. These are two guys they are probably not going to start as rookies just because the Bears spent a lot of money at that on their D-line in free agency at their spots. But they'll both be in rotation. They'll both be in there. I think uh, Dexter probably is more of a zero-tech naturally. Pickens more of a three-tech naturally. And I think that's what the Bears need. The Bears need bodies up front. This team could not stop the run for, for anything last year. These guys are both pretty good against the run. This definitely makes this team better. Yeah, modern NFL, you're looking to get seven or eight defensive linemen to have a rotation. You don't have, you know, four guys that soak up 90% of the snaps and a couple guys that come in every once in a while. Like you have guys that you want them fresh because you want to send waves after that offensive line that has to play every snap, right? And then they get tired. So you, you want to have these guys fresh. So you need a lot of bodies. And I want to just let's football 101 this, this, uh, this mirror technique a little bit, right? So you talked about one gap, two gap stuff, right? So as a defensive lineman, if you're going to, if your responsibility is like you have the B gap, right? So you have the gap between the, the guard and the tackle. And it's your job to basically attack half the man. Like you're trying to 
win by by a rip or a punch or like some sort of move to to separate your man from the gap that you're supposed to be in so that if the, a run play comes your way you're good to go or if it's a pass you know you, you read that it's not a, a run you're already past that blocker and you're now you're rushing the quarterback this idea of mirroring or a two gap or whatever is like you're taking that guy up head on like you're trying to uh, you're not attacking half the man, you're attacking the whole man. And you're trying to control the point of attack because if you see a run coming to your left, you'll shuck the guy to your right. And then now you've, you're in the gap to the left or vice versa. So it's more of a run defense technique than anything. You're not going to get upfield by doing that unless you're just going to straight bull rush and maybe collapse and get a little pressure that way. So is that a really good way to use a guy like Texter, who seems like a super athlete, who seems like he's he maybe is the type of guy that you would want to be attacking the half man and, and to, to be able to try to get up field and penetrate. No, that's not how I would use that guy. But I'm not a college coach. Like, I'm, I'm not going to question. I am going to question the, the, <laughs> the decisions that these guys make. But it, it may just be well, like, this is my defensive philosophy. Yeah. These are the best guys that I have. You're going to play my technique. And, and that's what it is. Now, that may have hurt his draft stock a little bit, but he also bought in and did what he was asked to do. And if, if you're asked to mirror or if you're asked to just control this gap, you might not even be looking at the football on the snap. You might be looking at the guard. And so you're you're waiting for that guard to move and yeah. you're waiting. And then that's how you're going to win that rep. So, you know, you're waiting for him to take a, a step laterally, right? Like, so you, you take that step laterally with him. So it's just an interesting thing because everybody then exploded like he's so slow off the ball. He's so slow off the ball. And it's like, well, okay, but that doesn't really track with all this testing that we see of this incredible athlete. So what is it? Is, is he just slow off the ball or is it a technique thing? Very interesting. It's a, it's a very interesting conversation. Um, and, and hopefully that, I don't know, football 101 from old, old defensive lineman talk um, helps here. But that's not how I would use him. Like that, that's how you use like a big, a big slow guy. Ted Washington. That's yeah. his, that's his move. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause he's he just trailer. The block. Yeah. 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 Fascinating stuff. You know, our guy, Buck stats, uh, Quentin Crisco on Twitter. Uh, he actually had a nice video that he did and, and he kind of broke down some of his, his play. And he pointed out that when he was over the nose, when he was playing the, you know, the zero, the one tech, and he's right there on the center, his get off was a little quicker when he was like, you mentioned out to the guard where he was waiting it's, again, it's a technique thing. You know, he's not watching the ball; he's watching the man. And then he's a little, little slower to react. He's waiting for the for the guard to move. You know, his get off seemed a little slower. And then, you know, we talk about the whole mirror thing. A lot of fans were mirroring what they were reading on thing. A lot of fans just kind of spread that through social media. Oh, this pick sucks because he's slow off the ball. <laughs> Half these guys probably more never watched them play a, a second of college football. They read the reports. They heard people talking. So now they they paired everything they heard, and now that kind of spreads around how he's so slow off the ball. You got to dig a little deeper. That's why it was cool what 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 uh, what, what Q did, you know, on, on video. Uh, Robert Schmitz did a video too, a breakdown of it as well, kind of showing some of his stuff he does. And you know, he's strong, powerful. He was in the same high school class as Jalen Carter. Dexter was rated the better defensive tackle at the time. So the Bears are getting a, a pretty good prospect here. We'll see how they use him. We'll see how he kind of adapts to the one gap stuff, but it's exciting. And then with Pickens again, he seems like he has more of that explosive first step and another great athlete for the size, big, strong guy, you know, good against the run, worked on his pass rush moves. You know, I mean, these two guys could be, you know, linchpins of this defense, you know, for, for a while now. There are plenty of examples of really good or great 
NFL players who were misused in college. And, you know, like once they get to the pros and they're used in the correct way, then they're able to flourish. Let's hope that that's the case here. I mean, this is still a premium pick. This is a day two pick. Um, So, you know, this, this is good investment here by, by Ryan Poles, but you may have a situation where you got a guy for a lot cheaper in draft capital than you otherwise would have, because he was maybe misused um, in, in Florida for, in the name of technique in the, in the name of scheme, I should say. All right, let's move on to our next category. We spent a lot of time on trench tribute, but I mean, it's been a while. The, and it is the trenches. Was, We're this excited. Yeah. Meat and potatoes uh, draft. This is exactly what we wanted. So yep. uh, let's let's get into the tweet of the week. Uh, sweet tweets. Um, I uh, I will I will start off. Uh, Courtney Cronin um, at Courtney R Cronin says, "Bear is planning to work Tyreek Stevenson at outside corner, and his football knowledge stood out to the coaches per cornerbacks coach John Hoke." He's done a good job of learning the defense. It's been quick for him. So let's, uh, this is the other second round draft pick. Uh, Ryan Poles traded up to be able to uh, secure Tyreek Stevenson, the corner out of Miami. I thought it was pretty cool that Devin Hester read the name, right? Uh, You know, famous Miami alum uh, uh, to be able to to read the name off here. I'm, I'm hoping that there's currently a, a player on the roster that has the number 23 assigned to him. I don't think that that player will make the roster. Maybe uh, Stevenson moves over to number 23. That might might be a kind of cool homage to, uh, to to Devin there for from another Miami alum. But a, a physical corner. I think we're getting a sense of what uh, Ryan Poles wants in his secondary. But a, a willing tackler and a very physical presence um, in the run game. What do you think of the Stevenson pick? You know, I, I didn't do a, a much much. Uh... You know, I, I don't. I can't scout everybody. I'm not EJ. I'm not Jacob. You know, I can't scout the you know 400 prospects. So I kind of look at guys I think might fit in the Bears range. I didn't think they're going to go corner in the second round. So I didn't do a lot of looking at at corners at this, at this part here. So, but after the draft, I dug into his tape a little bit. He's talked about it. It's good size, good length. He's a physical player. You know, he's definitely going to fit outside, which is what now Kyler Gordon now can kind of go into the nickel slot, which seemed like he's. It seems like a better fit for him there, you know. And then the, the nickel, like it's a starter in the NFL. That's how it is. And, and in the bear scheme, especially, they counted him to do a lot of stuff because when they're in their sub packages, they want him to be physical. They want him to control that gap, much like the linebacker does it is replacing. So, you know, this kind of sets up the defense to be the secondary what they want it to be. And with Stevenson, speed, length, physical, you know, he's gonna struggle. As all rookie corners do, it's going to happen. But, you know, we had Greg Gabriel on with us um, a few shows ago, and he kind of mentioned that the sweet spot for corners in the NFL is the second round. That's where teams really find their guys. Their first round corners is kind of hit and miss because you're not quite sure. But he said for some reason, the second round corners, those guys really come in and they thrive. So getting Stevenson here in the second round, making a nice move up for him. I think a lot of fans thought, oh, they're going to go up and get a center when the trade was announced. And here, here they are going to get Stevenson, who, again, I wasn't anticipating a, a corner, but nice pick, sets up that defense nicely here in, in the back end. I think corner was kind of that wild card talk about, well, if the Bears make a big trade down, maybe there's a corner that they like that they can get if they miss out on the top lineman, right? Like there was, there was always that like, well, it's probably going to be a tackle in the, in the first round, right? It's probably going to be a tackle, but maybe it's defensive lineman. 
but maybe if something breaks and we get this wildcard as a corner, right? So like the yeah. corner was never out of the question in my mind for the for the second cluster of picks. Um, but I, you know, I wasn't sure exactly what they were going to go. I, I certainly thought they'd at least spend one on defense, uh, a defensive line. They ended up spending two on the defensive line. Um, not shocked at the corner, but this really shows uh, real investment here by Ryan Poles here. In the first two drafts, he's used three second round picks on his secondary. Um, he, he inherited uh, Jalen Johnson and Eddie Jackson, two two guys that are I think we we both agree are are very good yeah. uh, starters in this league. And now he has added three more. So uh, maybe he didn't know what was going to happen with with the Kyler Gordon pick. Uh, Kyler looks like he maybe a little bit more comfortable in that nickel position. They drafted another outside corner. Or this is the guy you're going to start in the outside corner. Now you got five guys that you've really in, that the organization has invested a lot of capital into. I mean, Eddie Jackson has a very big contract. Wouldn't surprise me if Jalen gets extended um, with, with some nice money here soon. Maybe he has to show that he can stay healthy another year before he gets that. But you have five pretty high value uh, picks um, or players that are, that are on nice contracts here in, in your secondary. Poles made this a priority. Yeah. Yeah, he, he definitely did. And, you know, he addressed corner again a little later in the draft on day three. And that's actually going to my tweet here. Um, talk a little bit about uh, uh, Terrell Smith, cornerback out of Minnesota. And, and our guy Jacob, our lead draft analyst, talked about how the Bears add some nice secondary depth with Minnesota corner Terrell Smith. This pick screams Matt Eberflus, great size, length, speed combo with legit developmental upside. Worth the round five pick for sure. And I actually pulled up a secondary tweet. I didn't have a chance to put it on on, on, on the, the graphic here for the guys watching here on Second City uh, Gridiron. But Pro Football Focus tweeted out, uh, Pro PFF Sam uh, Monsoon, one of their top uh, analysts, he listed Terrell Smith as his favorite pick in the entire fifth round. So there's not just Jacob here touting the, the value here. Um, PFF, you know, a lot of analysts around the, the national media Thought Smith was a great value here. He kind of struggled a bit early in his in his Minnesota career, kind of in and out of the lineup, you know. But this last season, you know, he really established himself. He went to the East West Shrine game. It kind of tells you, which right now the East West is a little lesser. It's not the Senior Bowl. Most of the top prospects still go to Senior Bowl. That's kind of slowly seemed to be flipping. But he went to the East West Shrine game, um, and he dominated. He was the best uh, corner on the entire field there. So he really stood out there and. Again, much like Stevenson, you know, Smith, you know, good size, good length, good speed, another investment in the secondary. And, you know, corner was a sneaky need for this team because they were trying out Kendall Vildor last year who bounced back beautifully after what he was used like in the previous scheme. He was a better fit for what they do here with the, the, the cover two-esque scheme. But still, he's not a guy you really want to think. Yeah, he's definitely our building block for the future. I like him as a depth piece. Um, I think he'll battle for a starting spot with some of these rookies, but I think eventually Stevenson will take that outside corner spot. Then I think eventually Terrell Smith is going to work his way in the lineup too. It may be a, a dime uh, a, a situation, but Smith's another guy. This is a uh, good value pick for the Bears here and another another talented athlete for that secondary. Yeah, just, just the, the great athletes, I mean, they're scoring very well on these relative athletic scores that, that we talk about that if you're following the draft at all, I'm sure that you've come across. Um, but they're also like physical presence, right? Like these guys are willing tacklers. They're willing to come up and 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 lay some wood, right? So that's really kind of showing you what Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus are are really emphasizing with their secondary players. Um, I, I don't know, man. Like it's going to be interesting to see because you no longer have that one guy that's going to get picked on, right? Like that that's what we saw 
last year was that, well, let's just not throw at Jalen Johnson, right? I mean, they, yeah. some quarterbacks eventually did, but there was like a stretch of like, what, three, four games where they just didn't even throw anywhere in his direction. They were just going to pick on the other side of the field. So, you know, again, this is the modern NFL. There are, you know, most teams are coming out with three wide receivers all the time. You got to have three guys that can cover at a minimum. Um, you know, Bears are looking to try to secure that. Let's see what happens when they get on the field. But um, I feel pretty good about the secondary. I think that they did what they needed to do there. Um, let's uh, let's move on to caught up in a numbers game. And uh, you got a couple stats. I'm going to let you start with uh, the newest Chicago Bears running back. Okay. Yeah, we're going to talk a little Roshan Johnson, Texas running back. And I found the number. My number is 22.6. And uh, 22.6 is the uh, – so on the 2022 Freaks List article, I'm familiar with this article from The Athletics, uh, Bruce oh. Feldman. He does a Freaks List where he looks at college athletes and you know athletic freaks is what it's basically about. So 22.6 miles per hour. On the GPS is what uh what, what Johnson hit there in, in 2022, making him one of Texas's fastest players. You know that you know for last season. Now his his you talked about his relative athletic score. He only ran a 4.5840, which that's still pretty damn fast. But you know it's not like you know it's not the four fours. Everyone went, oh he's slow because he's not a four four. Okay he's pretty fast. But you know it's some guys play play faster than others. You know this shows you this 22.6 miles per hour. He has home run speed if he gets out in the secondary he's he's a tackle breaker you know he has good agility you know this is going to be a guy that you know the bears already love him you know he was he was talked about you know throughout a lot of the national analysts you know what he brought to the table is is leadership he played all the special teams he was a high school quarterback he kind of changed the running back when he got to, to, to texas there he does whatever the team asks him to do and if he was at a different school if he wasn't behind you know but John Robinson, who's just obviously a stud, you know, he would have been a much, much higher draft pick. But, you know, Bears getting him in, in the fourth round when they did, I think, again, another great value pick. And, you know, a lot of people think he'll be starting by the time the uh, midseason rolls around. Yeah, this was an interesting pick because, you know, we talked about running back and there was some talk about, well, are the Bears going to take Texas running back uh, Bijan, right? Like yeah. that was kind of the big, maybe Bijan's that he's the best player available. Like, why don't you just take the best player available? And there was some weird comparison that brought up the name Michael Haynes draft and all this kind of stuff. Like, I don't know. Things got weird. Uh, yeah. People were kind of breaking down, but this is, this is where you take a running back. Yeah. You, you take them in the mid rounds, right? There's, there's too many examples of really talented backs that are mid round picks. And I, I, I'm kind of in love with this pick and I think bears fans are going to love this guy, right? Everything. People start off like great human being and did everything. There's, there's no diva in this guy, right? Like he played special teams. He, you know, he's, he was okay. Like, Hey, he's the backup to, to Bijan, this, this star running back, who cares? Like he, he's out there. He'll, he'll spell him. You know, he, he does the dirty work, willing pass blocker, big, Big, big note there, right? Like he's he's a guy that if he picks up the uh, the pass blocking schemes quick, he's going to find a path to get into a lot of the offense because unless Khalil Herbert does nothing but pass pro in the offseason, he's not good at that. And so you can see how he can his path to playing time is is there. Um, and yeah, you saw a lot of people. Oh, he's going to be the starter. He's going to be the starter before you know it. Maybe we'll see, right? That's exciting. I mean, I'm a Bears fan. I love running backs, so. Uh, I'm, I'm all in on that. 
good number. I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with mine. Um, I, and I have the other uh, skill position player that the Bears drafted, uh, Tyler Scott. My number is 45. That is the yards per catch on his average on his nine touchdowns this last year. So this is a big play threat. His touchdowns went for 76, 75, 61, 41, and then on down from there. Anyway, if, uh, an average of 45 yards per catch on his nine touchdowns. So this guy just, he can take it to the house. Um, he, he's got some speed. And again, a really nice place to take a fourth round wide receiver, a wide receiver like this. A lot of people had him ranked a little higher. How is this guy available at this time? Like this doesn't make any sense, but it, to me, like this was a really good place to take a, a speedy wide receiver. He's not the biggest guy, right? He's, he's, he's on the small end, end of things, but there were some smaller wide receivers that were taken well before this guy. Um, so, so to me, this is a really good spot for Ryan Poles to take, to add to that wide receiver room. He didn't stop building it, even though you, you made the big splash with, um, with DJ Moore, you have, uh, you know, hopefully a healthy Darnell Mooney coming back. You've got Claypool with a full off season, right? You didn't stop building. You, you brought in another guy and he brought a speed element here. Again, receiver, we talk about a corners, a sneaky need. So was receiver because the bears have chased Claypool, Darnell Mooney. They're both in their contract year. Equinemius St. Brown came back on a one-year deal. So he, he's in his contract year. So you got to have some receivers. I mean, you got to trot out, you know, teams are, are three receiver sets all the time. So you need three top quality guys, which means you need a couple guys that you trust to, to kind of rotate through. So the bears have that now they got a few guys, you know, Scott, you know, as a rookie receiver, you said mentions a little smaller. Um, I heard him compared to Darno Mooney coming out. Um, Scott is a, is a big, a bit of more of a home run threat because that's what he did a lot at Cincinnati. That nice pick here, you know, speed, you know, the Bears now have a lot of speed guys at, at receiver. They kind of th throw them at waves. You know, Scott did a lot of stuff with the ball in his hands. He's great after the catch. He was a high school running back. You know, the jet sweeps, the ends arounds. You know, who knows what they're going to do. You know, now you got Bayless Jones Jr., last year's, you know, receiver. He's now in the mix. And, you know, he's, you know, this is kind of nice Ryan Poles. He's not saying, hey, we can't take Scott because we took Bellis last year. He's like, no, this Scott's on my board. I'm taking him where I'm taking him because I think he can help, he can help my football team. Bellis Jones now, what is what does he bring to the table? You know, he's still going to be a guy on special teams. He can do it. You know, it's, it's, in hindsight, now you look at that, well, that wasn't the best value getting him where they got him, but that's a sunk cost, man. Who cares what he was last year? Who cares where he was picked last year? How does he fit in this year? Maybe he's your fifth guy. You know, maybe he's your gadget guy. Maybe he does do some more of the stuff in the backfield stuff. I don't care. It's another speed element to the team. You have more weapons for Justin Fields not to play with. And I think that's the, that's, that's what matters here. Yeah. Yards after catch. That's a big deal. Like you said, he was a former running back. So he knows what to do when he does get the ball in his hands. Even if he is a, a smaller guy, he can make guys miss in the open field. So big play threat there. And I will say that that is the pick that they acquired from Carolina, right? Or no, that's the, well, that was a, yeah, an, an acquired. It was an acquired fourth round pick. I can't remember exactly where that came from. That might have been the Robert Quinn pick. Oh yeah, the fourth round. Another, yeah. another Matt. Another great move by uh, by Ryan Poles. You know, yeah. taking taking the Eagles to the woodshed again, getting something for uh, for Robert yeah. Quinn. Now that was getting something for nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, all right, let's uh, let's take a quick break here. On the other side of this break, we will talk about everybody's favorite segment, the Three Bears. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. 
But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, Lester, we're back. So let's talk about the three bears. So hot bowl of porridge, cold bowl of porridge, and just right. So my hot bowl of porridge goes to the Kennesaw State Owls. They got their first player drafted in one Mr. Travis Bell, a stout defensive tackle. The polls kept adding to the defensive line. This guy's like my height like 300 pounds can run a lot faster than I ever could. Uh, and uh, yeah, like they, they added an athlete from Kennesaw state, their first ever draft player. Congratulations to the owls. Ryan Poles loves this guy. He said that when he had him in for his meeting, he didn't want him to leave. They just connected on a personal level. Um, that's good. I mean, you got to have that kind of stuff. You know, we kind of, this is a theme throughout the entire draft class and through Ryan Poles tenure, the character matters, you know? So Here's another hardworking kid. You know, he just loves what he does on the football field. You know, another pretty good athlete. You know, obviously he wasn't at the combine because it's such a small school, but his pro day numbers look really good. You know, he kind of reminded me a little bit uh, of Anthony Adams. You know, short, stout, good against the run, pretty good athlete. You know, he got a pretty good first step. Seventh round pick, he may not make the uh, the, the roster. He may kind of have to sneak through back to the practice squad. But, you know, again, throwing bodies at the line. And uh, I heard a lot of people say, well, why would they take him when they already have Billings, who they, who they signed in, in free agencies? It's a free agency. You know, it's, these guys aren't on the roster forever. You got to keep restocking. You got you need more bodies, more beef up front. Another guy that's good against a run, good size. Uh, I like the pick. I didn't, again, I didn't know anything about him heading into the draft, you know, so. But go back through, watch some of the stuff you can find on him, read the interviews about him. Nice young man. It's a, a good pick for the Bears here. Yeah, I, I did the uh, seventh round draft pick uh, instant reactions with with Jacob and yeah. know, Jake, very tired Jacob Infante. And I said, so how much Kennesaw tape did you watch? And he goes, uh, well, I can't say that I, I know much about this guy. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I, I pulled up an interview with him. He talked about how, you know, body type wise and guy that he wants to kind of style himself after is Grady Jarrett. Very good yeah. player in the NFL. Um, obviously, Grady Jarrett, a little bit higher pedigree. But, you know, you, that's really nice to be able to put yourself up on that, you know, and say, hey, this is what I'm working towards. I see myself in this player. I can get there. But, you know, certainly athletic guy to be able to move that well at that height weight. Um, you know, really shows that he has something there. Small school guy, again, plenty of guys that have had success um, once they uh, make that transition and, you know, maybe give him a year on the practice squad, like you say, and, and then maybe he's a natural 
replacement for Bill, a guy like Billings who, you know, spends his one year here and then moves on. And then he moves into that sort of secondary rotational piece role. That that's why you use those players, right? Seventh round draft picks are for projects. They're for special teams players. They're for guys that, you know, you're not expecting anything from them this year necessarily, unless it's just special teams, right? The players this late are not expected to participate in, in games unless you are in a lot of trouble um, that, or or they're a kicker. You're taking a kicker in the second yeah. round or a punter or something like that. So, uh, yeah, I agree. Um, nice nice there. Do you have any uh, other hot bowls you want to hand out? I do not. I'm going to kind of let you, let you uh, kind of gauge the, uh, the, the hot cold just right this way. I'll kind of follow your lead here. All right, cold bowl of porridge. I'm giving this to... Some of the Chicago writers and com- commentators um, on Peter Skaronsky. What <laughs> is it with this guy? Northwestern, man. Come on. Yeah, Local okay. Kid-ish. He went to Northwestern. Yeah. Who cares, right? Like, he's he's a Packer fan. His, isn't this the story? His yeah. grandpa's, like, in the Packers Hall of Fame. He was in the, he's in the championship teams in the on the Packers in the 60s. He's a Packers fan. But the amount of virtual ink that was spilled uh, on on this guy, who polls told you what he that he follows thresholds, and that this guy was not going to be a tackle in his system, and do you want to spend that type of premium pick on a guard? Polls doesn't need a guard right now as much as he needed Darnell Wright and to take a center. But the amount of virtual ink and just just going to bat for this guy and for what i don't understand like this is not this is i i don't get it i don't understand why some writers went out of their way to try to paint this like some sort of failure on ryan poles's part to not bring in skronsky i hope he goes on to have a hall of fame career yeah i i I wish him all the best but poles told you through his actions and through his words what he values at the tackle position and what he values in terms of draft uh, where where he goes with premium picks and all that kind of stuff. He wasn't going to take a guy that he saw as an interior offensive lineman with a pick that high. Plain and simple. Move on. End of story. So Cold Bowl goes to those gentlemen. You know, the, I understand the national writers that kept mocking him to the Bears. I get it. They're not as dialed into the team, you know, but some of the local guys, they really were harping the Skronsky thing to the Chicago. And I'm, I, I just never saw it because – like you said, polls talks about these thresholds, you know, how you want a, a, a arm length, a certain 34 inches is the magic number there. And, you know, Darno writes, I think a quarter inch low, which you'll make do if you got good feet. Skronsky was, you know, 32. I'm not sure his exact numbers here, but I would love to see Skronsky get a chance to play left tackle. Cause I think he, he's, his college tape is outstanding, but a lot of NFL teams, they just don't care. They just don't care about that. They look, they look at him and say, Hey, look, you have short arms. You're a, you're a guard, no matter what it is. You know, Cody Whitehair was a left tackle in college, outstanding left tackle in college. Bears drafted him in the second round back in the day, kicked him right inside. It's just, you know, that, that era, same thing. And they just, they have thresholds. You know, if you don't meet them, you can't play the spot. Zach Martin, same story. Another no, guy, yeah. at Notre Dame, right? Notre Dame. And yeah. they kick him in and yep. he's going to the Hall of Fame. So it is, yeah. it, it's not, and, and maybe you can make the argument, you know what, you take the best, he's the best offensive lineman on the board. You want to make your offensive line better. You figure out the tackle later, you take him and you put, okay, well, what are you going to do with Nate Davis? What are you going to do with Devin Jenkins? Right? Like you're going to, you're going to push somebody off now. Yeah. And, and, and so that, that's the idea. Like when people say, Oh, just take the best player available. Eh. 
best player available at a position of need with the, with your filters of what's important and your scheme has to influence mm -hmm. and the character has to influence. There's all these things. It is not just best player available. That is not what this is. It's not Madden. There's a lot yeah. of real world things that have to have to collide here. Well, it kind of goes um, and it goes how each team has their own board. Each team yeah. stacks their board based on, you know, these thresholds and, and the fit. And, you know, he may be the best football player, you know, general speaking, best football player on the general board. But as far as the Bears, you know, they may have knocked him down a little bit because, you know, like you said, they don't need a guard. He wasn't a guy they needed. You know, Wright was, they've talked about it. Wright was the top O-lineman on their board. And part of it is right tackle. That's what they wanted. They, they trust Braxton Jones. They want to see him grow at that left tackle spot. So right tackle kind of got a little bit of a bump. I'm sure they had Paris Johnson up there as well because he's a guy they kind of float between and another guy that's going to be a really good professional football player. But, you know, this is why. You know, you stack your board based on what's best for the team and Skronsky. Good luck over there. He's Tennessee, right? So they may play him at tackle. Who knows? Yeah, no, Tennessee needs all the positions. All <laughs> Their offensive line is terrible. So <laughs> uh, good, good luck, though. I mean, you can't. You need five. So yeah. he's one. Good, good, good for them. All right, let's uh, let's talk about the just right bullet pour. So for me, I liked Poles' uh, approach in the final rounds. I thought it made a lot of sense. Um, we talk about the linebacker Sewell, um, who's taken in the fifth round, their other fifth round choice. I like taking the chance there. He, people didn't like his tape from, from this year coming into this year. He was thought of as a first round draft pick. Yeah. Like people really liked him, um, you know, as an Oregon guy. So, you know, a lot, plenty of big games and spotlight didn't have a very good year. And so you say, okay, well maybe this year was something was going on or something was a fluke or they weren't using him in the right way, whatever, we'll go back to that older tape and we'll trust our eyes on that and say, you know, we can get, we can get that out of them. Right. So again, fifth round pick, you need another linebacker, you know, again, there's holes all over the place, but you need another linebacker. You did a nice job of going out and, and getting big time veteran names, right? Like you solidified that in that way. You got Jack Sanborn um, to, to, to be in the mix there, but you need to keep adding bodies here. And this is a guy that can contribute on special teams and he has the athletic upside to be able to step in and play in a pinch early, uh, you hope, or uh, develop into something down the line. Yeah, I like, I like the Sewell pick a lot. I mean, you talk about his tape, uh, his last season's tape, not the best from what I understand, uh, the Oregon Ducks changed schemes. They went to a different scheme, which didn't fit his skill set the best. Um, and also I heard that there may have been an injury that kind of caused him to kind of play a little slower, maybe gain a little weight as well there. So, you know, I think, you know, with the Bears, you know, he's going to drop some weight. He's going to be play a little faster. You know, he's in a scheme now, the 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 four-man front where now he'll probably be your your Sam, possibly back up a little bit at the mic. I think Sewell's in the mix. I know a lot of Bears fans want Jack Sanborn, local kid, Great story, undrafted free agent. You know, we all love those tryhard guys. You know, him and Sewell may battle for that that's that starting Sam spot. You know, because Sewell has the pedigree. You know, you talk about his tape from a couple of years ago. We talk about the athlete, another five star athlete coming out of high school. Yeah, you know, outstanding football player. Yeah, and I I'm just I'm up for the time that he's going to beat his brother for a sack. Yeah. I'm, I'm just I'm in on that, right? Like, just put, I'll put money down right now that that's that's going to be fun. Uh, and we'll just round out the draft class and, and talk about the penultimate pick in the in the draft. I, I like that word. That? I love that word. 
It's a great word, right? Yeah. And and it's not used. Why aren't we talking about penultimate pick? We talked about Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick of the draft. I want to talk about the penultimate pick. And that and that is Kendall Williamson, who was picked with uh, pick number 258 in this draft. And again, you just you, you add to the secondary. He's got um, elite athletic traits. You're able to make him basically a priority free agent, right? Like you're, you're able to say, I don't have to fight with the other 31 yeah. teams for your services. We're going to make you a draft pick. You're going to come in. We're going to add some speed and athleticism to the back end here. And if you can make the squad participate, you know, you're, you're going to be on teams, right? That's exactly how you use seventh round picks. Exactly. Yep. Safety's another one of those needs. Well, we, mm-hmm. It's all needs. The Bears roster last year, it's a three-win team. It's bad. They did not bring back Dane Cruikshank, who was injured most year anyway. They did not bring back DeAndre Houston Carson. So you need a safety. I mean, you have last year's pick out of Cal. You know, Elijah Hicks will kind of be in the mix for a special teams role and a backup role. There's another guy in Williamson who played special teams at Stanford, besides being a, a starting strong safety there. So Williamson kind of brings that element to the game as well. Ryan Poles talked about him in his presser. He will play special teams. He's a guy they're counting on to kind of be in the mix there. So now you have two guys back-to-back, two years back-to-back in the seventh round to kind of safety backups kind of play that special teams role. So that's what you need. That's how he'll make the roster. If he does make it as a seventh rounder, he'll make it as a special teamer, and we'll see what happened from there. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we, we like to do the Fields report, and we know that this is not necessarily that relevant because Fields did not do anything over the draft. But I want to ask you, did this offseason get you in a place where you feel confident that the Chicago Bears are going to be able to properly evaluate Justin Fields uh, this year with what they have put in front of him and around him? Yeah, I think I think the evaluating really took place last year. I think they, they really trust him. They like him. I mean, he's... You know, the Chase Claypool trade told us all we had to know. You know, this franchise believes in Justin Fields. They spent the uh, what ended up being the 32nd pick in the draft for for Chase Claypool. It stings a little bit, but hey, you know what? I think Chase Claypool is a, a good football player. I think he'll have a better year this year than what we saw last year. Last year was just rough. Came in in the middle, had to learn the scheme on the fly. There was a couple of injuries kind of fought through. We did not see the best of, of Claypool last season. We'll see him kind of more now. He fits a role better with DJ Moore as your clear number one. Chase Claypool now is going to kind of fit that place there. Again, a great athlete. Go up and get a six foot four, big, physical, strong guy. Some of those jet sweeps. Justin Fields got to be happy with this draft. You know, he's got a, a, a new starting right tackle who's known for his pass blocking. You know, going back to the free agency, he's got now a, a another guard up front who, who's going to help solidify the middle. He's got a center now that I'm sure he, he trusts a little more than what he had, you know, in previous uh, what's, what's going on there. So with Cody Whitehair, a veteran. Uh, so Justin Fields has to be happy, man. DJ Moore, Claypool, a revamped O-line, you know. Robert Tunyon coming in, a, a nice pass-catching uh, tight end. You know, so this, this offense has been revamped. The, the whole backfield, you know. David Montgomery, it hurts to see him go as Bears fans because he was a, such a popular player. But, man, the backfield has been revamped. Justin Fields, man, he has to be living large now because he knows that this team really is, is committed to him. They're investing in him, and it, it's all there for him. He's going to have a nice uh, a, a nice season. Yeah, I, I think that the – I know fans really like David Montgomery. 
I think they're going to really, really, really like this Roshan Johnson. Um, yeah. I, everything there, everything's there. I really like Khalil Herbert. Like I really like him th- watching him run the ball, yeah. um, but he is a flawed running back. <laughs> um, he like it is not that is not a complete back. And yeah. so uh, you hope that a guy like like Johnson can come in and be a more complete back. And and just seems like he's just going to going to add to that. And I and I want to. I know we we mentioned a few times. He, you made an aside too, but we're trying to figure out what's the profile for Ryan Pulse. What is it he he's looking for? What is it he's building? You know, what, what are the what are the essential elements of a player? And I think we kind of found it, right? Like I think we can start to say Ryan Pulse likes athletes, which I, you, of course they all like athletes, but some some people no, no, I don't you know I don't care what he looks like and testing or any of that, any of that stuff. He clearly pulls sticks to some of these thresholds that he has learned through other other uh, people that he's worked under, and then inside of that, are are they explosive athletes? You know, what are the what are the tells at that position, right? So we heard a lot about you know defensive tackles and how much broad jumps important, right? So now you look back and you're like, oh, geez, both these guys. Uh, actually, all three of these defensive tackles were really great testers in the broad yeah. jump, right? And so you say, okay, like, it, again, you're reverse engineering things, but you say, okay, we kind of thought that that might be a thing. So now we have a little bit more evidence, and now we'll use that in terms of our modeling, if you will, moving forward. So next year's draft, now we have a couple rounds of this under our belt, and we can say, okay, here's what he likes. And here's the pool of players that are available at this position that we think is a position of need that may be available at this spot. This might be a real target, right? So we can now start to make some more educated guesses about where Ryan Poles might go in the draft. And if we can do that, a lot of other people can do that too. But it just makes it more fun for us um, if, if we can kind of say, you know, this is a, you know, we get into another Jalen Carter situation. Yeah. You know what? We have pretty hard evidence that, that he's willing to pass on a guy with that, that level of talent because he has issues with the character. Now we can't know for sure because we're not in those meetings or anything like that, but um, you know, we're, we're starting to get a picture and, and I think that I like the picture. I think that like, I like taking athletes. I like positional value. I, you know, he, there's some analytics here. Um, that that play it's not total analytics but there's some analytics plus there's some old school football stuff that should get people pumped up team captains guys that are like just you know glowing reviews from their coaches about how much they love the game stuff like that that's old school football stuff and you combine those things and you start getting enough guys and all of a sudden the locker room tips over into having explosive athletes that are really great human beings that, that want that love football, just, you know, live and and breathe this stuff. All of a sudden now you've got the elements of what can come together as a really interesting team. So I really like where this is going. And uh, overall, I I really enjoyed the, the, the draft class and learning about them. And I think that uh, this is going in the right direction. It's going to be cool. Eventually we get to a point where in the draft happening, we look at a guy, oh yeah, that's a Ryan Poles guy. That That's a bear guy. You know, you just get the feeling for these. There are some teams like the Eagles, the Ravens, the Patriots, the more successful organizations, they have those. You know, we understand the the prototype with the guy they're looking for. You know, the Bears have not been relevant for, for a while. They have not been a very good team in a long time. They haven't had, had a regime that's kind of been in place that you trust in a long time. So, so getting to the point where, oh yeah, that's a polls guy. That's kind of cool. And then you talk about the character thing and, you know, Paul did his due diligence on Jalen Carter, you know, 
he brought him in. You know, maybe it's one of those things where he just felt at this time with his locker room, just not quite ready. Maybe in another year or two, he'll say, you know what, I got enough. I have top leaders in place. I mean, there is, you know, there's no Olin Krutz type leadership, you know, on, on this roster. There is no Brian Urlacher on this roster kind of, you know, really that locker room presence where, you know, they can have a guy come in and, and you know, they'll get those guys. Justin Fields, I think, is close. I think Justin Fields kind of has that alpha mentality where guys, they look up to him. They don't want to let him down. They're doing things because, okay, I, I got to do it this way because Justin Fields is my guy. You know, he'll get there, I think, eventually. He may get there this year. And then at that point, now you can kind of take some of those those risks, I guess, so to say. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to take a guy that may not be the, the best character, but you know what? There's something there. Uh, his upbringing is great. He's got great parents, whatever it may be. He has made a stupid mistake at this point. So let, let's take a chance on him. I, I believe that our locker room's ready for a guy like that. This year, they weren't ready for that. It just so happened Darnell Wright was the perfect fit at the time. So I'm sure Ryan Pohl's like, you know what, let's just go with, with the guy, you know, and, and, and it's a good move. And like you said, I'm with you. I think it's a, it's an exciting draft class, 10 guys, uh, the undrafted free agents and the rookies that they just had to mini camp. They made a few roster moves. So, you know, they'll, they'll shuffle the roster here for the next few weeks. And then I think there's going to be another uh, camp coming up here, I think in two weeks. So we'll have some nice football stuff coming out of house hall here uh, leading up for the next uh, month or two. Yeah, we should live stream the the, the schedule release. That's a joke. Um, schedule release coming out here this week. So that that's is exciting. it. That's, when is it? Wednesday is it coming yeah, out here? Thursday maybe. Um, soon, Wednesday or Thursday. It, All it right. always leaks through Twitter so quick. Yeah, I mean, you can, they make a big deal out of it. Oh, tune in NFL Network of live schedule release. I got it already. Everything has to be an event for the NFL. Yeah. So which and they do it and they Perfect do it well. Marketing, yeah. So. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's just print. It's a printing press. They they just print money. That's that's yes. all they do. So, I will. Right, well, we will get out of here with the podcast. We will stick around on Second City Gridiron uh, YouTube to talk a little bit more with the people that are live streaming with us. Um, but until next time, bear down. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.